and thank you and welcome to the Lazy Train Podcast. Um, I am your host, Clyde. I'm here with my same two sidekicks, Brady. Hello. Hello, hello. And Cam. How's it going? See, we did this last time. <laughs> this extended salutation thing. <clears throat> These things are planned out to the minute. Actually, you know, within seconds. And the, and you bring out that whole hidey-ho neighbor thing from The Simpsons. which I, don't I, know I have to mention. go off script, though. You know this. Do we have to pay The Simpsons because we mentioned them on a podcast? I'm not sure that works. I also really like the idea that you're trying to push forward this agenda that we planned anything. Come on. I, I have a Word document in front of me that proves otherwise. Wait a minute. That proves that I do, not otherwise. Okay. Anyway, anyway, folks, again, thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. For the next three to four hours or 27 minutes, we're going to be talking about our favorite genre of music, which is currently heavy metal. It's subject to change. I've been hearing a lot about this uh, Red Dirt Country. I'm not sure what that's about, but, you know, it's Red Dirt and it sounds kind of cool. Um, anyway, just in case you don't know, we're doing a metal podcast, heavy metal music podcast. Um Normally at this time, we kind of talk about the concerts that are going down in the state and in nationally. But if unless someone's not aware of what's going on, a lot of stuff is being canceled. A lot of the venues here in the Metroplex are shutting down. Some of the bigger concerts have been pushed back to the summer. I believe uh, the Eagles, which is going to be at AAC, or I believe AAC this year has been already been pushed back till the June and July time frame. And so with a lot of the other shows. So if you've already purchased tickets, I hope you have insurance. If not, you know, just keep an eye out for your venue. I know they're going to make good on it because all the other concerts will be pushed back. So that being said, we're not going to really dwell on the negative. So we're going to move on to something else. First of all, our first top five submission of this week is going to be from the friend of the podcast, Mr. Steve Leshner. Steve is a president and CEO of Cardinal Tracking. Located right here in beautiful downtown Louisville, Texas. On the subject of fairness, he is my former boss, and he's also the person that introduced me to the pickleback. Is anybody familiar with the pickleback? I can't say I am. Yeah, you got me on that one. The pickleback is where you take a shot of pickle juice and chase it down with a shot of Jameson. Okay. Oh, why would one do that to yourself? Well, first of all, you get to drink Jameson. That's never bad. I mean, just drink um, Jameson. <laughs> that's kind of what I'm thinking. I don't like table juice. I feel like you're adding no. unnecessary steps here. You, you know, you, that I enjoyed it. Maybe because I got to finish it off with Jameson. Yeah, touche. Each but anyway, that's his fault. That's that's, a good, that's Steve's deal. He introduced it to me. And like I said, he was my boss. And he's also the first person that sent one in completed. I want to add that in, completed. Um, I asked you to send in, and I said, ask. I'm not demanding anything. Five, not 12. I'm not going to sort your list. And not three. If you don't have three bands, make up something. Go to YouTube and listen to like, put in one band and listen to next five meet me halfway meet me a third of the way his top five bands i delay are his top five bands in no particular order and he also mentions that he is not a hardcore metalhead and he also really enjoyed the the first and only episode of the podcast which as we said makes him a friend of the podcast so in no particular order judas priest kiss 
nine inch nails, which he did say, do they count? If they're your top five, they're your top five. They count. And Blue Oyster Cult followed up by ACDC. So first off, thank you, Steve, for taking the time to listen and submitting that list. And maybe I mean, solid next, list, really solid list. It is a solid list. There's not one band on there that I did not like. Mm-hmm. And he did say that he was not a hardcore metal fan. And I would venture to say that uh, Blue Oyster Cult wouldn't be. A, I think it's a, definitely a rock band. They were so good. I mean, oh for sure. Yeah, and without a doubt, ACDC is on my top. I don't have a number one band. It's just one of those things that, hey, ask me next week who's my who's my band, but uh, they're in my top ten, always will be. Um, and Judas Priest, ah, so good. Seeing them again, provided they don't, they're, they're, they're coming again to the Metroplex. They're going to be at Toyota Music Factory, which, good Lord willing, that's not being pushed back, provided you believe in whatever deity it is. Be praying that he gets there with... I believe, what did I say? Is it going to be, nope, that's going to be Megadeth that's going to be with Trivium and uh, Lamb of God. I've not seen who's going to be with Judas Priest as of yet. So comments. This is what you're paid to do, man. This is <laughs> hey, man, I said I thought it was a great list. I love me some Blue Oyster Cult. Um, I would agree they're definitely on the harder side of rock, more so than metal, but I'm not going to mm-hmm. hold anybody to that. I love that band so yeah. much. So, uh, Kiss, Kiss has always been one of my favorites. Well, I I was a Kiss Army member. I had my membership oh, that's awesome. for a long. I told you how old I am. I remember <laughs> I, I I had that uh, that card forever. It didn't really do you any good going in the deep south in the late seventies, early eighties. But you know what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go to hell. Um, Cameron, your thoughts? Yeah, no, I thought it was a good list. Um, you know, kind of harking back to our last podcast. I mean, the idea of what makes something metal is subjective to a degree. It's going to be a different answer for everybody or the same answer for like-minded folks like Brady and I, um, but which was distorted guitar, distorted heavy guitar, which you could argue that is present in, in all of those bands, um, even even though it's not quite as much as some other ones would be, but mm-hmm. it's yeah. still metal. I think it still counts. So um, yeah, I'm, I, I agree, <clears throat> but I'm not here to well, be an elitist about it either. I think Lemmy said that, you know, he was talking about the difference between heavy metal and rock and roll. He said, it's all rock and roll. He said, it's just a different type of rock and roll, That's which very fair. You know, it's, it's kind of like that thing, you know, like whiskey and bourbon, all bourbons are whiskey, but not all whiskeys are bourbon. So, which that brings me, it, Cam, you, you've been in a band and you're a musician and I've always wanted to ask this and I'm going to add this to any other musician, artist type. Do you consider yourself an artist or are you a musician? Because to me, as, as neither one, um, it's like all musicians are artists, but not all artists are musicians. Do you, what do you consider yourself? I would have to agree with that. I would have to agree with exactly what you just said. I think that not all artists are musicians because art can take form in many different mediums like uh, painting or drawing. Um, I know Brady, you're, you're into drawing and stuff, which I, I am yep. not, I, I am by any means, I am not a, uh, an artist visually. Right. Um, as a, you know, I mean, I play guitar. Sure. But, that doesn't translate well into drawing or painting or anything but, in the visual but, medium. But does that? But like I said, do you consider yourself an artist or do you consider? Oh, yourself but I do. Yeah. A musician. So you, no, you consider yourself both. An artist? both. Both. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm a musician, but also a musician is also an artist. It's oh, kind of like a subgenre of of artistry. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, that's fair. I mean, I you know, I I, I agree a hundred. I, I have no. I'm not an artist by any stretch of imagination and I'm not, whether it be, you know, I'm a family of my, my, my brothers and my dad both have been in the construction. My younger brother can hand make furniture. My middle brother can build a house from the slab to the roof and do some amazing things. I can live in a house and I have opened cabinets. So, you know, I got that going for well, I mean, me. that's practically the same thing. So, <laughs> you, 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 really? <laughs> hey, you said we're a positive podcast. I'm we are positive. To, I'm so trying to Little brother Craig and Chris, who are in, in Georgia and Carolina, respectively. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Um, yeah, we've already been, We are, when we put in for Apple Podcasts, I had to tell him that we had explicit language. So that's to cover that little line. Anyway, so yeah, again, once again, thanks, Steve. We'll be giving you another shout out again. We might know when I give you a call and let you jump in here one time and we'll let you talk about your choices, maybe for the next one. Anyway, so um, on to the next segment. What are we listening to this week, Brady? What, what do you got up? <laughs> so in typical fashion, I'm listening to some real hipster off the wall bullshit. Um, so I've currently been re-listening to one of my favorite albums, which is Celestite. It's by Wolves in the Throne Room. Um, and here's where it gets real hipster and um, elitist is it's a companion piece to another album that they released called Celestial Lineage. So Wolves in the Throne Room is an ambient, uh, ambient, uh, ambient black metal band. Some of their albums are just straight up black metal. Some of them are more ambient. Um, Celestial, Lin- or Celestial Lineage is one of those. It's an ambient black metal album. And then Celestite, they made as a companion piece, it's more of a dark ambient uh, where they use a lot of distorted guitar and synthesizer to make that album. And it's just, it's a really great one to just put on and listen to while you're focusing on other stuff. Yeah, that's a that's a good one, man. I, I really like uh, Wolves in the Throne Room. Two Hunters is probably my favorite album by them. Oh, uh, that's a I'm good glad that you too. brought them up though, because man, those those dudes really know how to. <laughs> well, and and I've band. always got a I've always got a I will always have a place in my heart for Celestite because that is one of the first albums I ever purchased. I think like, on vinyl. Do, sorry, album numbers on vinyl. I think what I want to do is I want to have to put up a little um, a little box on our website so that people can reference what you just talked about. And I'm, and I'm, I'm I thought about that this last time. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna make myself a note. I think I'm gonna put that up there. Just maybe a link to their to the the band's website or maybe a YouTube video or something like that, so they could go sure. check it out. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Cam, what you got, buddy? So there's a band. Um, I'm pretty sure they're they're from South Texas, actually, but they're called Invent Animate. Um, they just released an album. I've been looking forward to it for quite a while, actually. But it is, uh, it's pretty sick. It's uh, if you're a fan of metalcore stuff like Killswitch, I mean, big surprise, right? I'm in the metalcore. Um, they're they're very they're like pushing that that genre forward. They're that type of band where they they are that band, like they are that genre, but they're pushing that forward. And the let's see, what is that album called? Uh, Graveview. I believe Graveview, yeah, um, and it, it's it's just sick. Um, it came out I think five days ago, um, and I've just been jamming it ever since. It is just a, a beautiful, beautiful album. Um, it's got everything you'd want 
Um, it's heavy guitars, clean breaks, singing, screaming, heavy ass drums, just super creative riffs too. That's what drew me to the band actually initially is they, they were very reminiscent of uh, era, um, but they have their, their riffs are just so they kind of write riffs similar to how I do, which, which I can always appreciate. It's just very, very uh, deliberate and um, just super melodic, super heavy, which my favorite things. Sure. Absolutely. So it took us one episode in 12 minutes before Cam mentioned that he has some music out there. <laughs> Not yet. Which by the way, I've mentioned he, he is a talented artist for sure musician he sends us stuff all the time and it's it's really good stuff and and eventually when he gets up gathers up the testicular fortitude we're going to put some links to it on the website (laughs) which is www.thelazytrain.com not to be confused with the famous album by ozzy osbourne which i think that was i'm sorry a song i said album i don't want to get corrected by cam again on live on the air um anyway for me uh and i rely on you gentlemen to provide me new music but this one is one of my favorite bands is five finger death punch and their new album f8 or fate i've listened to it about two times through now and i'm really like it it's i hate when people it harkens back to almost all the songs with very few exceptions remind me a lot of their i say older stuff but you know they've been pretty steady putting out music and and ivan himself said the last couple the last couple albums they come up with he they were good but they just not what he wanted to make um this there's a few songs that are really 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 heavy that i'm gonna see some massive mosh pitting when they come to dallas fort worth there to promote this album which hopefully it will be this summer we don't know when but anyway if you get a chance check it out i, I listen to it on youtube i just put it on and listen to it play and i will be purchasing the vinyl bob most of my new stuff is going to be on vinyl because when you buy from certain retailers they also allow you to you get the digital download as well if you you know if you don't listen to just nothing but spotify and things like that if you want to actually physically have the music so <laughs> so that's our that's our up for up for grabs for the last uh or what everybody's listened to and i mentioned this earlier to the fellas when we were doing our little pre-production thing i'm listening to a podcast called sal pylon take the few minutes listen up they're all over there following us on twitter one of the one of the original nine uh followers for our for on our twitter feed and, and they're really good they, they do new music they're based out of europe i'm not exactly why not exactly where rather i haven't done a deep dive into their names or anything like that but i listened to two episodes today and they give some music i never heard of it before and it's really really good so take a few minutes go to sound pylon anyway up next we're going to talk about what got each one of us into heavy music heavy metal music um, we're going to start with Cam. You're on, buddy. Yeah. Um, so when I was a kid, uh, my parents listened to a lot of stuff like Pink Floyd, um, a lot of grunge, um, you know, like Nirvana and stuff like that. You know, I, I, I liked that stuff. It was fine. It was what my parents listened to. Uh, but it never really like clicked with me, not to the point where I was like, oh, I, I, I'm obsessed with this. Right. So it was like background stuff for me it wasn't anything I, I i seeked out um and then like one day um it was uh it was probably 10 9 or 10 
and we, me and my cousin were playing Halo 2, and he would put on music while we were playing and just stuff that he's been listening to. He was my older cousin. Um, and he, uh, there, there was one song that came on. Like, I liked most of the, the music. It was kind of that same, eh, it's just kind of there, but I don't hate it. Um, except for one song, and it was Chop Suey by System of a Down. That song. Chop Suey. Yeah, I loved that song, man. That such a good one. That song just opened the floodgates for me. I, I, I didn't quite know what the title was until like later, um, and I eventually found it on YouTube. And I, dude, I I spinned that song obsessively, and then I eventually found some of their other stuff like Aerials and, um. BYOB, Hypnotize, um, eventually getting all of their albums. And just that that was my band. Um, then I can't, I can't remember what the year was, but Guitar Hero 3 had came out. And I really, really liked that game, actually. I ended up really liking that game. And that game introduced me to Metallica, to Slayer, uh, to Mastodon. Um, and then oh, also... Around that same time, I was playing World of Warcraft, <laughs> and uh, there was there's this one video. Uh, there was this one. I was a paladin, right? My my class was a paladin. I'm about to get into some deep nerd territory for you guys. Um, and this <sighs> one guy was a rogue. Anyway, continue. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, but there was this one guy on. Uh, and this was before. This was actually before YouTube, if I remember correctly. Like YouTube was there, but it wasn't super prominent. There was a website. Was Are we like, about to talk about Elite Tour and Chief- Chieftain? No, um, okay. it was it was a guy named like Zal Gratis, I think his name was. It's a paladin, and he did a PvP video. It was like forty five minutes long, and it was awesome. Like he was really freaking good. Um, but he would always he would have, have all this music in the background, and of those uh, songs, I really latched on to. Uh, Disturbed, Metallica again, um, Bullet for My Valentine, which I'm sure I'll get shit for, but I still love that band. Um, What's what? What is our tagline? What do we say at the end of every podcast? Never make excuses for the music you listen to or the people you love. Yeah, and uh, that's that's good. I just I know people will try to give me shit, shit for that band, but I oh I don't we, care. we will talk. We'll, we will <laughs> when we get back to the office. But for now, we're going to keep it positive and and stuff. Yeah, got got to put that mask on. <laughs> but you know, um, but, but that's that that's you know one thing begets another. You know, it's like when you deep dive. That's why I love um, Pandora, for example. You listen to you know, hey, I'm listening to Aman Amarth today and we'll listen to their channel and then you'll you know then you're like wait a minute who's this band you pull out your phone you go, oh hell who are they who are these guys you know and i write it down and so that's i mean that's how that goes you know you get one gets another which begets another which you know no excuses no 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 need to make excuses for that buddy yeah well i appreciate that uh at the time like i had uh it was six bands that i just i eventually got just as obsessed with as I did System of a Down. So it was like System of a Down, Metallica, Slayer, um, Disturbed, Bullet from a Valentine, and Mastodon. Those are the six bands that kind of started my journey, so to speak. Um, eventually, I got into uh, At the Gates. That was my first 
death metal band, so to speak, right? With like growls, so not singing anymore. It was it was big boy stuff. Um, one of my friends from Ohio uh, recommended a song to me, and I was like, he's like, hey, I, I don't think that you're into death metal, but I thought this was a really cool song. I thought you'd like it. So I was like, eh, I was kind of skeptical because I was like, mm, I'm not really like that kind of music. Uh, that was my thought process back then. Um, but I clicked on and it was it was Slaughter of the Soul by At the Gates. And I was like, oh, that's a really interesting cover. And the the guitar tone was just nasty and mean and the drums were violent. And then the vocals were just super expressive. Like for if you haven't listened to At the Gates before, they're a band that pioneered a genre like like I, I think I referenced it in the last podcast, but thanks to them, like metalcore is a thing, right? Like if you listen to any at the gate song and then listen to a kill switch song or an Azalea dying song, you see the influence immediately. They were the first band that did that kind of stuff. Um, but no, it, it, it's I had the lyrics, so I was reading along to the lyrics, and I'm like, oh, these are really good lyrics. So I listened to more of that band, then I listened to more of bands like that, went further down the rabbit hole. <laughs> and you, now I'm here. So, I mean, I've, so the question, you guys, you have, you know, a deeper knowledge, I think. When did the, the, the screaming and the growling, maybe the growling, I mean, what I mean, when did that become a thing in heavy metal? Because so, to me, it just kind of like I remembered, saying, oh, oh, they're doing this now. I, I don't remember that. Oh how how long has this been going? I don't even think I said that. I was like, oh hell, I kind of like that. It's kind of cool. I think it was around the the nineties when new metal started to become a thing. Like that. That's when I I remember first seeing anything about it, and then you know, of course, that it just exploded from there and became its own thing. Yeah. So with I, like I had after after at the gates because at the gates was like early '90s, so the, the 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 big boom of that was definitely the '90s. But uh, I think you could even date it back to like Venom. Venom kind of had that. They were still kind of more thrash, I guess you could say. Um, but Death and Cannibal Corpse, Morbid Angel, Deicide, Obituary, stuff like those bands. Those were like '89, '90, '91. Those guys started getting real big around then. And that's when it's like people were like, oh, this stuff is just a, an evolution. That's just an evolution yeah. right there. So death metal kind of just stuck and people evolved it. Then Sweden took it with, you know, like I said, at the gates and flames, dark cream quality. Mm -hmm. They kind of took that idea and added, you know, Iron Maiden to it. Like it, what happens if you inject cannibal corpse with Iron Maiden? You get at the gates basically. Think about that. That's something I guess we could research. Maybe that'll be somebody's homework. Find out when, what band had the first guy that was or girl. Let's be, let's be, you know, honestly, started that badass growling. I really like sure. it. Um, Brady, you're up, bud. Um, yeah. So basically, for me, for metal, uh, growing up, my parents were always really big into like punk and uh metal just kind of as it was so i remember listening to a lot of kiss and uh blue oyster cult it's one of the reasons i love those bands um like it was just always one of those things my dad has always been a real huge kiss fan and uh my mom's the one who introduced me to blue oyster cult and um 
you know, over time I started kind of trying to seek out more and more stuff. And then I remember, you know, funnily enough, System of a Down was also the first, you know, like full metal band that I was like, oh, this is a thing I enjoy. Uh, except for me, it was uh, the first album self-titled because uh, that's, you know, I'm a bit older than you are, Cameron. And that's all that was available at that time was the self-titled album and Toxicity. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, I just I started to dive into it. And then thanks to a really good friend of mine who one of these days we may need to have on the podcast because you want to talk about somebody who is knowledgeable as all hell about metal is uh, my good buddy, Andrew. Um, but he, you know, started talking to me about it cause he, uh, he and I are, have been friends for a long time and, um, we actually became friends because he was assigned to me in high school. Uh, when I started at the school, they liked to assign new students to people who'd been around for a while to just kind of be like, Hey, here's someone, if you have questions or if you need someone to go, he's the one I was assigned to and we're still friends to this day. Um, and so he's the one who introduced me to, you know, Metallica, to, you know, Megadeth, to, you know, uh, all the the old school stuff. And then he started getting into the really, you know, newer stuff as well. And so he he actually showed me a lot of the stuff I really liked. And then eventually I started seeking out stuff on my own, um, you know, and just over time I started to just find weirder and weirder stuff and for whatever reason that just kind of became my thing is just finding really weird and obscure genres and bands to listen to and then bring them to people and you know it's one of those really big joys for me is when i find something that's real off the wall but then i take it to somebody and they're like oh this is really good i'm like yeah right you know so that just kind of kind of became my my niche Cool. Like I said, that that goes kind of goes back to the rabbit hole. You know, you hear that one thing, and it kind of snowballs. Like for me, I don't really remember the. It probably was Ozzy Osbourne, Blizzard of Oz, because everybody heard Crazy Train because they were playing this on. I mean, this was heavy metal, obviously, but they were playing it on rock stations, which you didn't get a whole lot of that. Now, again, remember this is, well, this was released in 80. I think Blizzard of Oz was 80, 79 or 80. And, you know, they played, you know, Mrs. Crowley or Mr. Crowley, rather crazy train. Um, Goodbye to romance was another good song. You know, you're looking at me looking at you or something like that. I can't remember all those songs, but I remember hearing Ozzy Osbourne. And I think, and they kept saying, well, this is heavy metal. And I was like, well, obviously I knew what heavy metal was. I was, you know, I was born in 66. So, you know, you're 13 or 14 around that time frame. But I think I've said this, told this story before. I, in, in 81, I believe was the year I heard, um, we had an, a, an AM radio station that would play vinyl records all the way through front side and back. Um, and they played it like at two o'clock in the morning or something like that. And so I remember hearing, um, you know, uh, killers, I believe it was from Iron Maiden and I heard Lemmy's, um, Ace of Spades. That's the first time I'd heard those two albums, every song on it back to back. And as, and I kind of liked the genre and that's when I started and, you know, I'm like everybody else. I kind of moved around and went, joined the military and did all that thing. And you, you, you kind of, you know, you, the people that you're with, you tend to listen to the things they listen to, you know, you're affected by it. It's like, Oh yeah, you're listening to this. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna listen to this too. That's, that's kind of cool. Um, 
I never really left heavy metal. I just kind of didn't listen to it as much as I used to. And, 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 and then I kind of, I got back in the years ago, I got out of the army in 99 and I, um, slowly, but start slowly, but surely, and, and, and probably the band that, that got me back into it was probably Pantera. Um, it was like, I, I heard them again. I guess that's the way to say it. I heard them again. Like, Oh man, I forgot how good those guys are. And then just in, in, in the way that works is, a year and a half ago, Brady would come into work wearing a Monomarth t-shirt. And I went, Oh my God, I forgot about those guys. How can I forget about a band like a Monomarth? It's like, there's so this is so much music to consume. Mm-hmm. And just like, there's no way for me. Maybe you guys, you guys maybe can handle it, but I can't. I, I was just like, I, 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 that's just too much. I, I don't know what I'm listening to this week. And I'm, I find myself listening more to the stuff or even, even now I still listen to the stuff that I grew up listening to. I don't know. That might be the same for you guys. I mean, I'm always going to be an Iron Maiden fan or Aussie fan or whether or, or Pantera Metallica, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. I'll listen to the new stuff, but I love the stuff that I grew up listening to. I love the Metallica. I love the early, oh, all the Megadeth the Slayer game. You got to throw in Slayer. I mean, I love those guys. Oh, sure. So, you know, and, and I guess my style, I guess if I had to pick, I'd have to say it was probably Ozzy Osbourne that made me think, okay, I'm, I'm into this. Now, granted, today, most of that stuff probably would be considered, you know, hard rock, if anything. Because, I mean, if you listen to Crazy Train, you know, maybe not Crazy Train. But anyway, I digress. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So that's kind of how we got our, you know, our that's our origin story for heavy metal. And uh, I think Brady's going to throw us some stuff. What you got, bud? Well, as uh, I like to, I want to try to make this a weekly or an episodely feature. Um, So uh, I'm going to call it the uh, Baron's Obscure Corner, uh, where every week I just want to talk about one of the many fun subgenres of metal. Um, Obviously, I'm going to start off a little more mainstream and then kind of work my way down as I go. Um, You know, last episode I talked about avant-garde metal. Um, This time I want to talk about grindcore. Uh, because that's going to lead me into about three or four different subgenres off of that uh, in the next couple episodes to come. But basically, grindcore is an extreme genre uh, that combines heavy metal and punk. It started back around the mid '80s, um, and it really a lot of the inspiration for it comes from abrasive sounding music styles. Um, it's really character- characterized by noise filled sound that's really heavy distortion, down tuned guitars. Um, you know, blast beats on the, uh, the drums and usually all growling and screaming for the vocals. Um, the other thing that really sets grindcore apart is that it is the defining trait is what they call the micro song. Uh, there are some bands of grindcore that will release albums that have like 38 tracks because every song is like 20 to 50, you know, 15 to, to 30 seconds long. Um, it's all about just that really intense, really hard, really loud, and then it's over. And so that's just kind of one of the uh, one of the really fun things in it. Um, one of the few times I attempted to be in a band years back, my uh, buddy I mentioned earlier, Andrew and I, uh, we actually did a grindcore band where we really, I think we recorded like three or four songs that I no longer have access to, but that was a thing we did. So 
There you go. Is there, is there a lawsuit involved with that? Is that ongoing? Or? No, I just don't have it anymore because it used to be on MySpace. And, uh, well, MySpace. that means that's gone into the wind now. So MySpace. I'm MySpace. sure I could get on the Wayback Machine hey, and find it ju- somehow. Justin, but- Timber- Justin Timberlake bought it. So I'm sure they still have all your stuff on. Well, I've tried to look it up by the, you know, quote unquote band name and uh, mm-hmm. have not been able to find it. So I don't know. I should I should do a deeper dive at some point. If I can find any, oh, I'll absolutely post it. It's terrible. It, it's not hey, good, but it's hey, still fun. Captain Positive. <laughs> I never positive. got into Grindcore. I'm glad that I'm actually glad you brought that one okay. up though. It's okay. Divi- give, me a, give me a three sentence definition of Grindcore. And when I buy sentence, I don't mean a paragraph long. I mean a traditional. Um, what is grindcore? Heavy, loud, in-your-face, intense music. Okay, I can do it in that that one sentence. That's two thirds of heavy metal. It's more so than that, though. I will I will send you a couple examples. Um, so just so you can kind of get a listen to it. Um, some of the bands that that are popular in the in that genre, because you know I forgot to to list some of those. Um, one of the big ones is agoraphobic, agoraphobic nosebleed. Um, is one of the the major ones because they also do really weird stuff with um, uh, changing uh, time signatures and stuff. Um, but also Napalm Death, if you've ever heard them, yeah, uh, I've seen them in concert. Yeah, they 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 are they were the lead act on my favorite concert I've ever been to, which was right. in the Zoo Amphitheater in Oklahoma, right outside of Oklahoma City. It's been a couple of years ago. It was Napalm Death, mm-hmm. Anthrax, Ooh, Anthrax, Lamb of God with Slayer. Oh wow! It was raining, and it was raining off and on. But in the cool thing, it, let's say the cool thing, the unique thing was because this was an outdoor amphitheater, they couldn't cuss because there's a zoo. To, obviously, it's called the zoo because mm-hmm. there's a zoo literally connected to the amphitheater. Oh. So they couldn't cuss. So the lead singer from um, Lamb of God said bleep like a thousand times in their set. <laughs> At one point, he walks across the stage and he goes, bleep, 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 Oklahoma City. So amazing. Wow. Yeah, but that was, that's probably my hands down favorite concert. But yeah, and I don't think the original, the singer that I, that was at the concert we saw was not the original lead singer from Napalm Death. From what I read, I did a little bit of research on him because I'd never, I don't remember listening to them. I'm sure I did over the years, but, but yeah, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. That's they they cool. were one of the first grindcore bands. See, that that's what I'm talking about. When we, when we discuss these different genres of music mm-hmm. and, and, and we, we found there's a map out there. If you want to, if you want to see some crazy stuff, go out there and look up. Uh, what did we see? The flow chart for heavy metal. I believe is what we found that day. You sent me a link to it the other day. I think it was map of metal, something like that. It might be map of metal. And it's made, yeah, it's like made like an old um, pirate map. And it's ridiculously amazing. I mean, you start like in the sixties or the early fifties or something like that. And then it just kind of goes and you're just sitting there going, (laughs) wow. And it was really easy to follow, but it just kind of gives you that idea of how far and how this is stretched. So the tent, we talk about it a couple of times before. Heavy metal's a tent, whether it's the people that listen to it or the music that falls under it. 
and it is it is it is just you know it, it's insane. Anyway, folks, that's it for this episode. Um, we apologize; it's not quite the three to four hours that I wanted to do. We're clocking in about thirty-seven minutes, but you know what? This will be a little short episode. We wanted to get it out there. Um, once again, thank you for taking the time to listen to us, and. Sign off for our two, my two good friends, Brady and Cameron. And as you always, thanks for listening. Remember, make no excuses for the music you listen to or the people you love. Thank you.